Casablanca began its fabled career as a modest, unproduced, three-act stage play, Everybody Comes to Rick's, written in 1940 by Murray Burnett and Joan Allison. An English teacher at Central Commercial High School in Midtown Manhattan, Burnett was at the start of his career as a playwright. He'd only recently finished his undergraduate degree at Cornell University and reserved his skills as a dramatist mostly for nights and weekends. A few years before, based on his experiences at his day job, he'd finished a draft of a play he called An Apple for the Teacher, which would later be known as Hickory Stick. Co-written with Frederick Stefani, it would eventually earn an abbreviated run on Broadway, five days total at the Mansfield Theater in May 1944. Sometime in the late 1930s, Burnett met his writing partner Allison at the Atlantic Beach Club, one of the many cabana-lined enclaves that dot the south shore of Long Island, which they both frequented in summer. They quickly began a happy collaboration that lasted many years. Almost a full decade his senior, a divorcee with three small children, the far more cosmopolitan Allison, nay Levitin, read Burnett's work, offered him her wisdom, and shared her network of precious contacts within the New York City drama scene. She introduced Burnett to her friend, the Broadway producer Delos Chappelle, who already had a handful of successful stage credits to his name. Although Chappelle was unable to find an immediate home for An Apple for the Teacher on Broadway, that came half a decade later, he gave Burnett the necessary encouragement to keep at it. Newly married to his young wife, Frances, living in a rented apartment and still making car payments, Burnett held on to his day job, continuing to write on the side, often with Allison's aid. Something had occurred in the summer of 1938 that left a profound impact on Burnett's life and ultimately on motion picture history. At the age of 27, still relatively innocent, unsophisticated, and nominally Jewish, Burnett journeyed with his wife across the Atlantic during his school break. I had inherited $10,000 from an uncle, he later recalled, and it was one of my romantic dreams to go to Europe on a big ocean liner. My wife's family lived in Belgium. I had read headlines about Hitler, but they were meaningless until we got to Antwerp and my wife's family asked us to go to Vienna. The Anschluss had just happened to help other relatives get money out of Austria. By that point, Jews and Nazi-occupied Austria, at least those who were fortunate enough to leave, were prevented from bringing money and other assets with them. I went to the consulate to get a visa, he recounted further, and he said, Mr. Burnett, I don't know why you're going to Vienna, and I don't want to know, but I want to warn you that if you get into any trouble in Vienna, this government cannot help you. He gave me a small American flag to wear in my lapel, and he said, You must never go out in the street without wearing this. Burnett went to Europe that summer, hoping the journey might serve as a belated honeymoon for him and his wife. He returned with a story he never forgot. While in Austria, he experienced firsthand the implementation of the Nuremberg Laws, and other virulent forms of institutionalized anti-Semitism that had been enthusiastically adopted by the annexed state in May of that year. It was, as he later recounted, an indescribable horror, a city of marching feet. 
Milling about the capital city, he stumbled upon a massive sign, bigger than anything he'd ever seen before. And on the billboard was a caricature of a Jew, and it said in huge letters, Murderer! Thief! And we'd sit in the relative's apartment and hear the marching feet outside. The intensity of the experience, more extreme than he ever possibly could have imagined, stuck with him. While still in Vienna trying to make sense of the situation, asking lots of questions and hearing plenty of tragic stories, Burnett learned of the so-called refugee trail, the treacherous escape route that Jews and others deemed undesirable by the Third Reich were left to travel after the Nazis came to power.